Please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. The text is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. Hear God's Word. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go, tell this people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim, otherwise They might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until cities are devastated and without inhabitant. Houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away. And the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will again be subject to burning. Like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled, the holy seed is its stump. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this your word. We pray that uh, as we have opportunity now to look into it, we pray that you'd be pleased to uh, open our hearts and give us understanding. And uh, as uh, we probe uh, this passage of Scripture and uh, Christ's calling uh, upon the life of Isaiah, uh, we pray that uh, we may uh, understand our Uh, calling uh, uh, by your voice in this life. And we might understand that we must always follow the calling of Christ. So be pleased to bless us to this end, we ask, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. We live in a fallen world. And uh, this fallen world is... Uh, filled with all sorts of people. And, uh, of course, when you live in a fallen world, and uh, the fallen world is uh, full of all uh, sorts of different people, you're bound to uh, run into controversy. Uh, There are bound to be controversies between nations, and uh, there are bound to be controversies uh, between individuals. And even though this is the case... Uh, Jesus Christ is pleased to come in the midst of this fallen world and in the midst of uh, these controversies and call out a people for himself. And he not only calls out a people for himself, but he gives uh, such people, individuals like you and me, uh, uh, callings uh, within this fallen world. And as we understand more perfectly, I think, the calling of Isaiah, uh, we see that uh, not only 
Was it Isaiah's responsibility to follow carefully the calling of Christ? It's your responsibility and my responsibility to follow the calling of Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's uh, the big point that I want you to get tonight. Follow the calling of Jesus Christ. Uh, When we enter our text in uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, it reads simply like this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Uh, Of course, Isaiah has just seen a great vision of Jesus Christ the Lord. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 6 and in verse 1, he sees the Lord high and lifted up. This is the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And there are myriads of uh, angels that uh, are surrounding His throne. And uh, the angels are singing out in uh, a great cacophony, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And uh, one of these angels, one of these seraphim, Uh, designated, it appears, by our Lord Jesus Christ, comes uh, to Isaiah. And in verse 7, Isaiah says, He touched my mouth with it, uh, with a coal uh, from the altar of uh, incense. And uh, he said, uh, the angel said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Uh, uh, Isaiah hears from the Lord uh, through uh, these seraphim. But now the scene changes when we come to verse 8 in chapter 6. Notice, then, then I heard the mouth uh, with, uh, uh, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying. It's not just uh, the voice of the angels, but now Isaiah hears the voice of Jesus Christ the Lord. Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Uh, Jesus Christ, it appears, is representing the Trinity. He's representing the Father and representing the Holy Spirit and speaking on their behalf and saying, Who will go for us? And uh, in this vision, uh, caught up in this vision, uh, Isaiah is impelled uh, to respond. Here am I. Send me. Uh, so, uh, we have the calling of uh, Isaiah. Uh, but like Isaiah, you too have a calling. Uh, oh yes, uh, you're not called as a preacher. Uh, at least most of you are not called as preachers. Uh, y- you have uh, a different calling in this world. If you're uh, young people in the home, uh, you have a calling to go to school at this point and to study and to do well in school. That's your calling. And uh, if you're parents uh, uh, in the home, uh, part of your calling is to raise your children and to raise them up in the Lord so that they uh, will follow Jesus Christ. This is part of your calling. 
And uh, if you're a mom in the home, you have work in the home. And uh, part of your work, as I've said, is to raise your children. And uh, you have other labors in the home uh, that uh, you are responsible for. And if you're a dad, uh, you not only have uh, labors in the home, uh, part of your calling involves your vocation. Uh, You might be an engineer. You might be an attorney. uh, You might be a draftsman. You might be any number of things. Uh, But this is your calling. And if you're a single person, uh, you have a calling from God. Uh, My uh, oldest daughter uh, is single, and uh, I I believe this is the case, and this is how she's living out her life. She has a calling from God to be single. And uh, this is a genuine calling that she has from God, in addition to her uh, duties and responsibilities as the administrator in a school. Uh, and, and you may be a nurse. Uh, uh, you may be a, a physical therapist. Uh, you may have any manner of vocation. You might be a dentist. You uh, may have, you might be a writer. Uh, you have a calling in these areas. And it's the calling of Jesus Christ uh, on your life in these areas. And you must follow the calling of Jesus Christ. But your calling uh, may take you down a difficult path. Uh, this is uh, what uh, Isaiah experienced. Uh, verses 9 and 10 in Isaiah 6. He said, that is, that is Jesus Christ, said uh, to Isaiah, Go and tell this people, keep listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Uh, Imagine this now. Uh, This is rather uh, a negative calling. Uh, You you might put it that way. Uh, I'm struck by this because... The uh, earlier text, uh, earlier verse, verse 8, is often used as a missionary call. Uh, Who will go? Who will go for us? Here am I, send me. And you should respond to Christ's calling. Uh, Oops, you better look at what Christ is calling you to. And it's not always simple. It's not always easy. It's not always a path filled with rose petals. And in this case... Isaiah is called to be a preacher and tell the people, uh, uh, listen in order to listen, but do not uh, have discernment to understand the message. Uh, Look in order to see, but do not grasp the message. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, hard, their ears stuffed, their eyes dim, thick cataracts, so that they cannot see. Uh, This is the idea. Uh, This would not, uh, I think, be an altogether pleasant message to hear. Uh, But uh, part of the point is, that Isaiah is called to follow Christ's calling, even though it may be a difficult path. Uh, 
And uh, this is the idea for you and for me also. Christ's calling is on your life. But Christ's calling on your life may involve a difficult path. It may involve a difficult path as parents. And those of us who have had the privilege of raising children and seeing them come to adulthood know that the path is strewn with anxiety and trouble and heartache. This is often the case. It's not always a simple, easy path. And those of us who have had the privilege of working in the world know that working in a fallen world uh, with uh, individuals especially who are not believers, it, uh, uh, the path is in that work is also often strewn with difficulty and stumbling blocks. It's not unusual for this to be the case. And uh, those of us who may be in school or are going to be in school, school is not altogether easy. And you must persevere in the calling that God has for you. You must pursue and follow the calling of Jesus Christ, even though it might be a difficult path. The text is also, in this regard, striking because... Uh, Jesus Christ says in uh, verse 10, uh, the latter part of verse 10, Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. The result of the calling of Isaiah is to see the hardening of hearts. Uh, You remember Pharaoh, do do you not? And uh, the Scriptures tell us that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And you might ask the question, how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? God hardened Pharaoh's heart by simply standing back and letting Pharaoh go along and live his life according to his own devices and not intervening. Just letting Pharaoh go. And... Uh, letting the individual whose heart is hard already and whose eyes are dim and whose ears are stuffed, uh, letting them go is to see them become progressively hard. Uh, On the other hand, Jesus Christ, or uh, the Apostle Peter, I should say, in this case, it's it's actually our Lord Jesus Christ speaking uh, through Peter, uh, tells us that, We are born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. In other words, Jesus Christ is pleased to bring about new birth in your lives through the instrumentality of His Word, through the channel and through the operation of His Word, written and spoken. Uh, So this is 
part of what God has in view. On the other hand, God may use His Word to harden people's hearts. And you know right away how this can work because when you talk to certain individuals and you speak about to them and give them suggestions, they fold their arms right away and bow their backs against you and they're not interested in listening. None of that's ever happened to any of us, I'm sure. But you see, when that does occur, we become progressively hard. We repel the Word of God as it's given to us in this instance. And so it's perfectly appropriate for the next question in the text to be asked by Isaiah, how long? How long? Uh, Verses 11 and 12. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. How long is this ministry Uh, this particular ministry of the Word to be carried on. And uh, Jesus Christ says to Isaiah, until the land is desolate, until the people have been taken far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Not too many years after this appearance of Jesus Christ to Isaiah, the northern kingdom of Israel was destroyed. 722 B.C. But it was 150 years or so later, in 586 B.C., that Judah and Jerusalem were destroyed. And it appears that the ministry of Isaiah is the beginning of a ministry that is carried on by other prophets who speak the word in a similar way until finally judgment is brought upon Judah and Jerusalem. You and I may ask the question, as we pursue our calling before God, and the difficult times come, and God causes us to walk through the fire, we may cry out, how long? And it's quite striking that in several of the Psalms, in the first book, two books of the Psalter, that refrain is repeated. How long, O Lord? (laughs) How long is it going to be? And uh, we can resonate in our own hearts uh, with that question. And for us, it might be only a week or two and we're crying out, How long, O Lord? But you see, uh, the point is, no matter how long the tough times and the fire may come, you and I must 
follow closely the calling of Jesus Christ. You and I must stick closely to the calling of Jesus Christ the Lord. It wasn't too many days ago, speaking to one of my daughters who's going through some fire at this point herself, I said to her, I texted her this message. I said, remember what the Apostle Peter says, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal that comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. God is in all of this. And it's up to us to follow closely the calling of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the striking things that happens with regard to this text is that verses nine or ver- yes, verses nine and ten are quoted by Jesus Christ. He speaks them in Isaiah six, verses nine and ten. But verses nine and ten are quoted by Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter thirteen. So keep your finger there in Isaiah chapter six and turn with me, if you would please, to. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Jesus Christ is teaching. He's uh, been walking the dusty uh, roads of Galilee and uh, Samaria and Judea, and He's been teaching, and He's uh, been teaching uh, the people in parables. And so uh, His apostles, uh, uh, the twelve, take Him aside. And in verse 10 it says, Uh, The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Uh, Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. In other words, if uh, your eye is clear and your heart is full of the Holy Spirit, and your ears are open, and you have the Word of God, you will receive more of the Word of God, and greater blessing will come to you. But if your ears are closed, and your eyes are dim, and your heart is hard, what you have will result in less, because you will not readily receive the Word of God. And judgment comes at the end of the road. And verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, now comes Isaiah chapter 6, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. Uh, With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. And then uh, Jesus adds with regard to uh, the disciples. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. 
Now, what's going on here? The prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, in a literal sense, is fulfilled when judgment comes upon uh, Jerusalem and Judea in 586 uh, B.C., and the Babylonians destroy the countryside and destroy the temple. And now Jesus comes along and says that the prophecy is fulfilled in his time. And it appears what Jesus is saying is that a similar circumstance is taking place in his time as took place in the time of Isaiah. The people of Isaiah's time refused to hear the word of God and refused to believe God with regard to the coming of Messiah. And in the first century A.D., the people refused to heed the word of God and when the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came on the scene, they refused to accept Him. The circumstances in both cases are the same. And in the latter case, what resulted? The country was destroyed. It was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the armies of Rome under the general Titus. And the temple was again destroyed. Back to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 helps us in our understanding of what takes place. Look at verses 11 through 13 now. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will be again subject to burning like a terebinth or an oak. Destruction will come, says Jesus Christ to Isaiah, but a remnant will be preserved. A tenth will be preserved. And... That tenth will also later be subject to burning. And Israel, or I should say the southern kingdom Judah, is likened to an oak or a great tree, which is translated terebinth in the New American Standard Version, which is burned to the ground so that only the stump is left. And part of the lesson is that history repeats itself. History repeats itself. In other words, if the same errors are made again, Israel, Judah, Jerusalem, the same judgment will come once again. 
And you and I know from a personal perspective that it's essential that we learn from history. That we learn lessons from history. We learn lessons from our own personal history. We learn lessons uh, through the things which God takes us. And if God takes us in His providence through difficult times, you and I must learn from those difficult times so that later on the lessons we have learned can be properly applied and we will not face the same difficult times once again. We must learn from history. And part of the problem was that Judah and Jerusalem did not learn from history. Catch the lesson here, friends. But that's not the end of the story. Because the end of the story... That brings us to Jesus Christ. In the tough times, you and I must follow the call of Jesus Christ. And we must realize that in the end, our calling before God is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 13 again. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will be again subject to burning like a terebinth or an oak. A remnant will remain, and destruction will come again, and the tree of Judah and Jerusalem will be burnt to the ground so that there's only a stump that's left. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will be again subject to burning like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. The stump of Judah remains. A remnant remains. And out of that remnant emerges Messiah, Jesus Christ. And this is one of the purposes for the remnant. That through that remnant, the Savior is born. In uh, Isaiah chapter 11, and verse 1 it says, Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The shoot that comes from the stump of Jesse is Jesus Christ. And all this ministry that in one sense seems to be so negative and the fires through which God is pleased to take Isaiah and other prophets emerges in Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of all that goes before. And you and I must realize 
that this is the case. That your ministry in this world and my ministry in this world, your work, your avocation, your vocation, your studies, your labors, in the end, find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. You never find your fulfillment in things that are outside of Jesus Christ, in better homes, in better automobiles. Uh, we say this blithely, but we have to come to a realization of it in our hearts. That in the end, following the calling of Jesus Christ means that that calling as a husband, as a wife, as an employer, as an employee, as a student, is fulfilled in and through Jesus Christ. And the greatest fulfillment comes in Him. Follow Christ's calling. Several years ago, while still a pastor in Sterling, Kansas, it was my habit to, in leading the young people, the high school and college people, to ask them when we would have a session at the beginning of a semester or beginning of a quarter at the beginning of the year, what questions would you like to talk about? And I would write them on the board. And one of the young ladies who was there at the time whose father uh, was dying of breast cancer, a uh, little unusual, uh, but this, this man was dying of breast cancer. And uh, this young lady uh, raised her hand in class and, and asked this question, Pastor, why is God taking my father away from me? And I wrote the question on the board. And uh, uh, I probably erased the rest of the board to, to uh, address this question. And I wrote on the board, God is good. And God's plans and purposes are good. And the reason behind God's plans and purposes are also good. And I said to this young lady, I can't, I can't explain to you in the specific instance why God at this time is pleased to take your father away from you. But I know this, that the good God always has a good reason for the things that he does. And this young lady took, took that to heart. At that time, she was called to go through the fire of watching her father, as she put it, being taken away from her. And later, months later, 
when her father did die, this young lady stood up and spoke in the funeral service and said to the assembled hundreds that were there in the funeral service, I don't know why specifically God took my father away from me. But I know in my heart that the good God always has a good reason for the things that He does. And she followed through this time of trial. She followed the calling of Jesus Christ. Isaiah followed the calling of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, through difficult times, followed the calling of Jesus Christ. Beaten three times and shipwrecked and jailed. And Jesus Christ Himself, suffering injustice, set an example before you and me. And the example is simply this. Follow the calling of Jesus Christ the Lord on your life. That's where the blessing in the end is found. Let's pray. Father, You're good to us in every respect. And... Uh, We thank You that this is the case. Give us grace and inner strength to follow the calling that You have for us as individuals. And though it may be through testing and fire, may it be that we always look to You And we'll always follow your calling on each of our lives. We pray in the good name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.